Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, this is Fox with a weekly Flim Flam, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kalen. Hi there. So um, we're we're glad to be back on the horse, so so to speak, with uh, the weekly part of our weekly Flim Flams. And uh, this week, we thought uh, just after a couple uh, thoughts that I had over the week, we'd talk a little bit more about music and and the way that it kind of it affects people and and more interestingly what it what it kind of says about the people that that listen to it or don't listen to it so um just to kind of have a have a springboard off into the conversation uh, i saw a video on youtube where um one youtuber was critiquing another youtuber's video critiquing something else like um uh but the point was is when when he was critiquing this video uh, what his issue, one of his biggest issues was the fact that, uh, the video used this kind of dark foreboding music throughout the entire video when it was like, it was comparing differences between, uh, uh, older version of a game and a newer version of a game. And the entire time it was using this kind of dark foreboding chilling music. And the issue that he had with that was that it, 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 it definitely sets the mood for the, uh, for the video. It, it makes everybody feel like 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 they kind of expect to be shocked or and and that's just kind of the mood that it sets them up to be in that dark foreboding kind of like oh i don't know what what's going to happen i don't know what to expect it seems pretty scary like this is bad and yeah um, it, get, it gets it gets people emotionally you pr- you emotionally prime people for a specific reaction you're not letting them come to their own because you're using the music to shape the reaction yeah so I I thought that was kind of interesting that that would be a a, a, a specific point of critique uh, for a video like that because um, yeah I don't know like I, it seems like people don't seem to think that uh, music affects people the way it does but it, it like I I know within myself that if I'm listening to a certain kind of music when I'm working that I'm gonna I'm gonna focus a lot harder I'm gonna I'm gonna get down to it and, and work a lot harder and then if I'm listening to other kinds of music I'll, I'll probably be I'll be chilled out and I'll be more relaxed and working less hard and just kind of shooting the breeze and well I mean when I used to play football all the time we would always warm up with what we would call like pump up music or like you know music to get you sort of um into the mood of whatever you got to be doing so like you're going to be making contact with a lot of a lot of other people and trying to trying to break bones basically you want to be listening to some moshy music, some heavy metal or something along those lines. Whereas at, at work, for me, uh, oftentimes I'll put on some, like, lo-fi hip-hop, and it just sort of it sits in the background and lets me sort of chug along my thoughts and get be productive and get my work done. So, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely interesting. And that's kind of interesting because when I'm at work, um, my, my go-to is pretty well classic rock and some uh, older pop. And that, that sets me up really well to just kind of nose to the grindstone start working and i mean there's there's differences in in how we're working as well uh like mine is a lot of physical labor and generally just driving around like a chicken with my head cut off so i i I have something that's generally a little bit more upbeat and a little bit more gritty um why do you think that uh chill music kind of sets you up to do your job well well i mean it just i when i when i listen to music i don't just listen to music so it's not to say that it's a void of substance because that's not true like there's definitely a lot of parts to it it's just 
oftentimes there's repetitive parts to it. It just sort of keeps on repeating and it just sits in the background, right? It just sort of, it's like uh, ambient in ambience sort of thing. It's not really for listening to the music. I'm not listening for instrumental specifically or lyrics specifically or anything like that. It just sort of, it's almost as like having a TV on in the background. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, and, and I'm not entirely sure exactly what it does for me, but um, it just sort of gets me into that mood so my, my brain can be more active. Maybe it, it, it activates a part of my brain that is useful during my type of work. Um, and it wouldn't be useful for everyone's type of work, right? Like, if I were operating a forklift or picking orders, I would probably want some higher upbeat sort of bouncier music. But I'm I'm doing a lot of data entry, right? So, and writing emails and things along those lines. So, if I... Uh, if I if I listen to this lo-fi stuff, it sort of it puts me at ease, gets the anxiety down. I think is part of it because, you know, I'm in management, so like, there are it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, yeah, and and it and it can get quite anxious at times. Um, so this sort of just levels me out. It cools me off, I guess. Uh, and and that's just a theory. Like I haven't really delved too hard into it uh, at work. It's just something that sort of. You know, I, I get the same thing playing uh, strategic video games because I'll, I'll listen to the same music at home doing that. But that's it. Um, <clears throat> I mean, video games themselves typically have good soundtracks associated to them. Like Skyrim had, or, you know, any of the Elder Scrolls games, Ob- Oblivion had, like, amazing soundtracks. And mm-hmm. you could just sit there and listen to the game's music. And it, it lets you, it sets the mood for you. So. Yeah, and Skyrim is a really good example of like atmospheric um, music, and and it changes dynamically with what's going on in the game. It makes it pretty, like you'll have that kind of creepy slow music when you're in a dungeon and you're looting around, and as soon as you get into battle, it picks up and yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, music shapes entertainment in that way, and it has forever. Like I think everyone's heard the the trope where it's if you listen, watch a horror movie and you shut the sound off, it's not nearly as scary because mm-hmm. music helps you get emotionally, psychologically primed for the experience you're about to have. And creators do that when their music is combined with other things. Whereas music that's composed for the sake of the music is supposed to just make you feel. That's I guess that's the difference, is that music that's intended to be background music or do something while listening to this music... I don't know if any music's intended to be that, but music that is consumed in that way is different than music that is intentionally made for you to feel emotions and experience uh, on its own. Yeah, and it's kind of like it. It's kind of interesting because um, if you because there's definitely music that you're supposed to just listen to, right? Like uh, classical is a really good example. It's it's not amazing background music. You're supposed to like be invested in it a little bit. Right. Um, but there, but there's definitely genres of music which are like they're they're made to be consumed while you're doing something else, and uh, it's kind of interesting how those set against the uh, types of music which are just made with music in mind instead of made to fill a certain um, emotional role or like feeling kind of role in a in a video game or in a movie, and then when you take those those musical compositions out of the video game or the movie. It's kind of interesting, like what they're they're almost like dilute compared to um, like say rock songs, where they're pretty well like they got the lyrics to tell you uh, what was going on when they were making this song and what their ideas are about the song. 
but when you've got music that's just instrumentals kind of set to fill a mood uh i feel like you end up filling it like when you're listening to it on its own you end up filling in a lot of the blanks i haven't met a lot of people who really enjoy listening to backtracks and and music that doesn't stand well on its own right i mean and i I think so like like a lot of a lot of video game themes if you listen to them on their own are very repetitive and sort of not with substance because that's not sort of the emotional stimulus that you're tying to the music you're tying the experience of the video game or the movie mm-hmm. to the experience right so someone who's never been a part of that might not have the same appreciation for it as you might right um actually this past weekend and the previous weekend i just finished re-watching the lord of the rings trilogy the extended cuts yeah and that whole th- the music in that trilogy is ridiculous like, they did it absolutely perfectly. It still stands perfectly well. How it's it been? 15 years later? And whenever I hear the the theme, uh, the Rohan theme, where all, with all the horses, mm-hmm. when they're about to charge, you know, it's it, it just it sparks something in me, and it brings back all of the stimulus that I feel when I watch that scene. But someone who's just heard that without seeing that scene is not going to have the same experience with it as I will. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, it's kind of fun to take uh, music from productions that I've never even seen or been a part of at all. Um, I've done it with uh, Final Fantasy series. Um, I I used to like it was it was really interesting when I was a kid. That's what really got me into piano. Is I was interested in playing the Final Fantasy piano arrangements. They were the kind of they were the music I really liked. And then later on, I found more classical. That's like it's more upbeat it's romantic classical but that that kind of continued on and i just started listening to the music from the final fantasy games without ever playing the games i don't own like i own maybe two of the games and i've listened to all of the soundtracks and it's it's really like it's almost kind of a soul-searching thing when you're listening to this kind of music that's just like it's meant to have substance provided from some other media Right. So what do you what do you like what what you end up doing when your brain has that like gap to fill and you're just kind of listening to these kind of half there kind of half not pieces of music it, it's kind of interesting and I like I can definitely understand why why people are they don't really want to do it because they like their mind will wander if they're not focusing on the music and it's just not worth listening to well I mean I think. I think it's what's an interesting um, thing to take on that is the talent it requires to produce music like that or compose music like that, music that isn't supposed to be the centerpiece. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got to hold back some of your creativity or apply your creativity to such an extent that you're actually making people experience the other form of media it's paired with more so than what you've created. Well, and you know what's really like, I, I want to provide a good example of where, um, the the music is like it's all there the like you can listen to this music without the movie and or without the media that it's attached to and it stills it still stands up like it's it's all there there's nothing left out um like when they put uh like uh guardians of the galaxy is a really i good was just gonna say that. guardians of the galaxy yeah we were on the same train <laughs> Um, I, I was, uh, I was also thinking along the lines of a game called Hotline Miami, but I'm guessing 
not a ton of people know exactly what I'd be talking about with that game. But that's like that's where the music that they picked or the music that they made, Hotline Miami is uh, original soundtrack. Um, it, it's just like I don't know because when when the music is kind of devoid, like and Lord of the Rings, the music most of the times it's not the centerpiece unless it's playing one of the main themes, like the 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 themes of the elves in Rivendell, you know, and Rohan, Gondor. Yeah, the yeah, theme yeah, of yeah, the return of the king yeah, yeah. unless it's playing one of those parts it's generally pretty moody background music you got to add a lot to it but then you can have soundtracks like guardians of the galaxy hotline miami where the music is all there right like the mu- the songs in uh guardians of the galaxy were songs before they were put into the movie yeah i mean they took stuff that was previously created and you and and so hand picked uh items that fit the uh, and, and you, fit the fit the and scene yeah, and like you'd listen to those songs on their own before they were ever part of Guardians of the Galaxy, and then with Hotline Miami, they made those they made the songs along with the game. But you take the songs out of the game, and they're still really like they're entertaining to listen to because they're all there. The mood that those songs have, they fit absolutely perfectly with what's going on in in the media that they're being presented in. Like in in Guardians of the Galaxy, like the second one, it starts up playing Mister Blue Sky by. Uh, um, electric light orchestra like I, it almost puts you into the minds of the characters right like it, it's not even just you watching it anymore like you can you're you're a part of it it's so it's so right it's so perfectly entwined with what's going on in the in the movie that i don't know that seems to take like a ton of talent well, it's, a, to it's a different set of skills i mean here's the thing is you have to assume that if you make a a visual property or some kind of entertainment media that's not music and you want to pair it with music uh that's already been made you have to assume that there there does exist music that is perfect for your your creation because there's so much music out there there has to be something that's going to pair up with it perfectly right mm-hmm. um so there's such a huge sample size and just having having the the wherewithal and the knowledge to to take songs and to understand your own library and and apply that to what you've created i mean what what they did there was they almost they made them sort of new age music videos for those songs Mm -hmm. so that's what you were watching is is vignettes of music videos when the soundtrack was playing uh pronounced like and um no, it was it was awesome. I mean, it, and it, it puts you in that mood, right? Because because that era of music sort of had a sort of cultural impact and makes you feel things that modern music is like, especially produced modern music isn't quite the same. I'm not saying it's 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 worse or better. I'm not. It's neither here nor there. I'm just what I'm saying is that it's it's different, and that ty- that era of music they applied to the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, movie, especially with the fact that it's futuristic but also retro. I mean, it just sort of puts you in a certain mood. And, and you're right, it's a different skill set to select music in that way, for sure. Yeah, and it, it's like, I don't, uh, just taking a look at it again and thinking about it now, it's uh, it's kind of interesting because the music is like, it almost seems like it was kind of made for that sort of production. If you think about the culture in the 80s and 90s and their their like views surrounding sci-fi and all that stuff it was pretty wacky and out there and guardians of the galaxy is it's just 
it, it's kind of all over the place with the wacky aliens and the and the music just it, it's already like it was right there in the 80s and 90s and if you look at the movies that they tried to make in the 80s and 90s they didn't have the the chops to do it really well that the mainstream would see it but like you think like movies like uh fifth element and and dune and stuff like that just completely out there sci-fi well for sure i mean and and that's the thing is like and i'm not i'm not saying this to be slanderous but the amount of drugs that were involved in that era right yeah like holy shit of course <laughs> there's a bunch of there's a bunch of of, of crazy mental adventure stuff in this music yeah. that'll that'll prime you up and technology wasn't ready to vis- make it visual to make it real you had to sort of use your imagination and use really shitty props and old old sci-fi stuff mm-hmm. um another one that i heard and i've never actually seen this movie and i don't think you have i don't know you could tell me either way baby driver was one no nope. <laughs> you heard of that one so it's a um oh why am i blanking on his name baby uh, driver yeah baby driver it had uh is it an older movie no no it's it's like brand new um where the hell is the director on this damn thing? Edgar Wright. It's an Edgar Wright movie. Okay. Um, you familiar with Edgar Wright? Uh, you'd have to name some. He's an Ozzy Osbourne. Um, he's an Aussie. Ozzy Osbourne. What the fuck? He's an Australian. <laughs> he's an Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> it's early in the morning. Leave me alone. Uh, yeah, he's... <laughs> no, he's... <laughs> Um, he did the Cornetto trilogy, which is, uh, Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and the other one is, yeah, whatever. Uh, and then the Scott Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim versus the world he did. Yeah. Uh, and he did, uh, he did the first part of Ant-Man. Like he was going to be the director for Ant-Man. People were really excited about that, but then he, there was like some stuff that went over and, and, uh, creative differences i'd imagine sure but but you can tell there's certain bits of the first ant-man movie that are that just scream edgar wright and that stuff stayed in so but at any rate for baby driver the the music um i'll read this here wright started my uh, writing the film properly in 2007 now just to give you some perspective here this movie came out in 2017 <clears throat> mm-hmm so for soundtrack, it says, Wright started moving the uh, started writing the film properly in twenty. Wright started writing the film properly in two thousand seven. At which point he corre- connected the then music supervisor Stephen Price, who broke down the songs for him. Price went on to score the world's end and the gravity, winning an Oscar for the latter. Wright also layered the uh, the wine of the tinnitus through the studio logos, leading to the beginning of the movie's first song. So like. The studio logos and the entrance to that sort of wound into the first song of the of the of the movie, which sort of set the tone mm-hmm. that music was going to be a big part of it. Um, Quentin Tarantino read the script and told Wright about another song called "Deborah" by Dave Edmonds, but I think but the character in the song was a complete bitch, so Wright opted to use T Rex and Beck Deborah songs instead. But like <laughs> basically, he, it was just this he selected bits of music and stuff and just sort of pick little chunks like he needs a song for a four minute scene he doesn't make the scene four minutes long for the song he just picked a song that was the right length and just put it in there 
and if you look at like I'd never seen the movie, but I've only heard good things about it. And um, the baby driver, the guy who's who's the who's the driver for this heist gang or whatever, he's always seen with headphones in because it's it's very much about the music. I think you'd really enjoy it, and I think I would probably really enjoy it. Um, <clears throat> everyone can just ignore the fact that Kevin Spacey's in it. <laughs> Throw him in the bin. Anyway, um, but yeah, so you, like like that kind of selective soundtrack engineering. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, and it's it's people taking advantage of the fact that we've probably produced more information as music than any other form of information ever. Like there there's a lot of music out there. It's it's probably one of the probably dominates all the information that we store not by a small margin. And taking advantage of that to score these, because you, you kind of just assume that there's going to be something out there that fits the bill here. And uh, for the most part, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I mean, <coughs> uh, I, like, but like you said, it's a different type of skill. Composing music for some kind of thing versus making the thing and then selecting music that fits versus listening to stuff and then creating something visual that fits the stuff you listen to. Yeah. Right. Like those are all different, vastly different skills. Um, another game I, I would recommend that has just an amazing soundtrack and it, it, it's so simple. Cause it's, I think it's just a piano, maybe a soundboard and it's an eight bit game and it's not mm-hmm. really a game. It's more of an interactive story. It's called to the moon Fox played it. Oh um, yeah. And it's, it's got a really powerful, musical note to it which sort of emphasizes all the parts of the game which are important and when i show other people that music they think it's very sad quiet and sort of somewhat boring piano music because but the thing is like i said before i'm tying it to the story and of the game so i i feel like the music literally tells me a story because i've heard the story with the music Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so yeah yeah, and uh, I've played this game called uh, Hyperlight Drifter, which is a lot of um, it's a eight bit game, kind of a Metroidvania kind of thing. And um, the music in that, I I love the music, but uh, I played it to our our friend I we had on the podcast, Davis, and um, it, it just didn't really take with him. And I I get where I I had to like sit and figure out that because I was like, why doesn't that why doesn't that click? And it's like, okay, it's it, probably because he doesn't have that experience tied in with the game right like i i know the atmosphere is supposed to sit in so i can i can fill that in pretty well all the time when i listen to it but there it's just kind of empty without it right for sure for sure um yeah i i have a i have a tough time showing people um music from things for that mm-hmm. reason, and like so, so, like for Ma- like Mass Effect, another good one. Uh, it's a big trilogy that went on for the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3s. Um, it's called Mass Effect, and it's a sci-fi. Fuck, I don't even know it's what a, I call it's it. A it's, saga, it's a saga. It's crazy. Really. It's it's a, it's a saga. It's vast and it's amazing, and the music is amazing. But again, like I find myself having to explain parts of the story prior to showing people mm-hmm. the music. And then it sort of loses its splendor at that point. If you have to explain the feeling behind the art prior to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? 
So you have to take the place of the media that it was supposed to be consumed with. And it's not uh, it's not nearly as effective, nope, I find. Definitely not. It like it's still really interesting to listen to and I, I think it's kinda it's lots of fun when I find music that I, I've never like it's happened before where I found music for games and movies and I've listened to it and I'm like, I'd probably like the game or the movie on the end of this. And it like I don't find similar experiences anywhere. Do you really? I've never actually heard of that. So you're saying you listen to tracks and you'd be like, yeah, I probably like the other media that's associated with this because I like the, mm-hmm. the sound of this. I've never heard of that. I, I, I count myself pretty <laughs> I, weird. I've personally never had that experience. In that case, but... Um, well, maybe you're not. Maybe I'm the weird one because I've never I've never heard of that. Like, if, if, I, if, I, if I listened to... Like, for, as an example, and people... I might get a little hate for this. I've never actually seen the original Star Wars trilogy end-to-end. I've seen bits and pieces of all three of those movies. I know what happens because mm-hmm. who doesn't? Um, but like listening to the Imperial March or any of that music, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me the same way as it does with other people. And it doesn't make me want to go watch them. I don't know. And, and, and like, I guess that's, that's pretty interesting to think about. Well, yeah. I like, um, if I, and that's like, it's difficult, it's difficult to put yourself in that perspective because like, if I had never seen Star Wars and I listened to the Imperial March, what would I think of it? That's tough, right? Like, yeah, yeah super difficult to to think of. And I, I tr- I'm trying to see if I can find one of the any of the soundtracks that I've listened to before actually going and finding out where it came from. Like, I, I tell you, Final Fantasy is my is my big one because I definitely just listen to those and then never play the game. But I'd say I probably would like the game. See, I've I've heard Final Fantasy music before as well, and I know it's there's a big cultural, well, not big, but there's a niche pocket of of uh, of, mu- of musician culture that's that swears to those soundtracks, um, and I have never been tempted to play them. I have no attraction mm-hmm. to those games at all, even though I'm even though I've liked what I've heard. So, it's interesting, isn't it? I I've never really thought about that. Yeah, and like it's and people make songs that are supposed to sound like they're from music from games or from movies and stuff all the time that have that are really charged or kind of absent and like um two steps from hell is kind of a example i would make where they make music that kind of fits a mood that they haven't really found yet oh yeah totally i mean that stuff sounds like it's from something is this from a thing? Is this from and a then thing? They, oh, yeah, and like then it ends up getting to and then it ends up getting put into things because it just sounds so perfect for them. Yeah, it's it it's kind of interesting. Hmm. Well, like if you ever listen to if you ever see like um, there's lots of media on the internet where they're doing something epic or something like that, and they'll just throw a two step song onto it, and you'll be like, "Where have I heard that before?" Well, I mean, part of the things is is music helps set the tone, right? We've established that. Um, something I wanted to just delve into, and and I think the two step stuff really does resonate with this because I'm sure it has been used, is uh, trailers for video games and movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, Gears of War one, I remember that the trailer for that game 
because it's a very gory game. It's fast paced. There's a lot of shit going on, and it's it's a little bit spooky if you're not into you know shit climbing out of the earth and destroying it. Um, that it was such an offset because I I, I distinctly remember the the theme song for that trailer, or rather the soundtrack, was Mad World mm. by Gary Jules. I think that was the first time it was actually widespread and heard, and heard was was that, and it was like, yeah, I, I encourage anyone listening to this to go watch it, the original Gears of War one trailer, um, and it like it, it intrigued people to the point where they made it a best selling game when it came out. So I don't know, it's just, it's interesting in that way. I mean, another one is uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah, they had the immigrant <laughs> they had, song. They had. Uh, the Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin was playing for the trailer, and that set the mood for what you're expecting to go see, right? It's something a little bit more lighthearted, but still badass. Oh, it was just still, a, it was just wild. You know. I think that's what they were going for, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, and it, that's super interesting, because totally. then you talk about how how music can completely set the tone for like an entire experience that's going to have music in it anyway, right? And I'm sure that they did that with uh, the Guardians movies. I can't remember which one of the songs they would have played in the in the uh, the trailers, but come to think of it, did did Ragnarok, uh, Ragnarok only had um, the immigrant song in it as far as originals? I I'm I pretty sure. I can't. I don't, I don't think it was anything else. I've I've only I've only seen it once, so it's hard for me to say. Um, but like, if you look up the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, I believe that one had a really, it had, um, what was it hooked on a feeling? I, I can't remember. That was a long time ago. I watched it a million times and I don't know if I've ever seen the trailer. I, I know I watched the trailer a million times. I'm watching it right <laughs> now. Let's keep talking. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm starting to think of? Like, I'm trying to think of other kinds of mediums where, um, where music plays a big role, and I started thinking of um, Cirque du Soleil. Um, I like that point, but just give me two seconds. This is gonna play the music, and I'm gonna be like, "Oh yeah," and drop it now. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna wait because <laughs> he's gonna pick it up with what the song is now. Star Lord, who? who? Star Lord, man. Legendary Outlaw. Oh, is this the trailer where they're getting their mug shots? Yeah, the first one. Yeah, it was it was hooked on a feeling blue suede. Huh. But like a remix version of it to, to match the yeah. action of the trailer. But at, but at any rate, um oops. They uh I definitely just dropped my phone. I hope it's okay. Anyway, um <laughs> uh I think everything um in that movie and like trailers and things along those lines setting the tone for shit is is awesome um like you wouldn't put blue suede hooked on a feeling for like saving private ryan you know what i mean like you, you need to it sort of puts people in in a certain mood be, to want to go yeah. see it right i'm sure it attracts a different crowd like and, and for soundtracks and i really want to touch on this point before we go into cir- circus and things like that is uh black panther did nope. you see that movie yet oh Okay, well... <laughs> yeah, yeah, just explain it to me the, here. So, so this is an entire movie, 
and it's all it's crossed a billion dollars like it's huge it's going it's crazy like it's almost as much as the first avengers movie i don't know if it's going to surpass the first avengers movie but it's it's super popular because it's starring uh african americans and and african africans mm-hmm. <laughs> like throughout throughout the whole movie and uh everyone's super well cast and it's super well acted super well written and it talks about modern political stuff and like but still it's still a superhero movie anyway all this stuff the soundtrack is actually done by Kendrick Lamar, and Kendrick Lamar is a really famous hip hop rapper sort of sort of type uh, that's really popular right now. So, and and there's other guest singers on there like The Weeknd, who's a Canadian singer who's super mm-hmm. popular. Um, and and so it's like the first time that uh, a, a motion picture of this size, this magnitude, was the soundtrack was written and produced by a rapper. Hmm. You know what I mean? And it's for a superhero movie. And I think it finally beats. We talked about this on a previous podcast. I don't know. I can't even tell you which one, but where Marvel movies had sort of this issue with the soundtrack. It's like, what is the, what is the Marvel theme, yeah. right? Well, this beats that because the music music in this movie is uh, incredible. It takes what was in Luke Cage, the Netflix series, when that was the best part about that whole series was the music. It took that and just applied it to a multi million dollar superhero extravaganza. Yeah. So it's amazing. I highly recommend people to go see Black Panther. I thought it was well, that was awesome. Uh, I went I went to see it with a bunch of people who hadn't seen all the all the Marvel movies, and it is incredible. Yeah, Marvel hasn't really failed to disappoint, and I don't think they're about to start. And no, and because the next movie that's coming out is Infinity, and War. that's April twenty seventh, I believe. Didn't they move that up? Yeah, and yeah, they did move it. It was in May, now it's in April. And it's also uh, it's supposed to have like sixty characters in it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of afraid at how they're gonna fit all that in. Like it, it's definitely gonna be well, part one and part two. Well, no. no, it isn't. It was gonna be. Yeah, this this is this it's sort sort of old news. It was gonna be Infinity War part one and part two, but then they changed them so that it's it's Infinity War, it's Avengers three, and then Avengers four is an untitled hmm. Avengers movie. That's happened. That's happening next year. Um, they filmed them together, but they're not so, they're not supposed to be direct sequels to each other because there's two movies that happen in between as well. But I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I know that there's supposed to be they're definitely going to be crossover because they are in continuity, but they're not necessarily direct. Like this is half the movie, hmm. this is the other half of the movie. Like Infinity War is supposed to be like a heist sort of thing where Thanos is assembling the gauntlet. Anyway, it's all that stuff. But it's it's the same guys who did uh, Captain America: Civil War and Winter Soldier are doing Avengers oh, yeah. three and four. Yeah. So it's gonna be. Good. Oh, I'm not saying it won't be good. I just like, you know, gotta wonder when you're having uh, sixty heroes in a movie, what it's gonna be like, and wonder what the music's gonna be like. Well, yeah. I mean, who knows? That's that's what that's <laughs> one of my big big points i like the music's got to be a big part of it and um we were i was about to mention um cirque du soleil and their music and how like that it's really really interesting how music is so strongly correlated with uh cirque du soleil uh, my my dad is big into Cirque du Soleil, so when we ever ha- whenever we have a chance, we'll see him in Vancouver, and uh, we saw one in Las Vegas. Uh, the one we saw in Las Vegas was uh, Beatles inspired, 
so it was all it was all Beatles tunes to the um, to these gymnasts doing all sorts of incredible stunts and stuff and it was it was amazing and what was even like and and this is to kind of contrast with the ones that they're there it's entirely original and and the music is kind of made for what the gymnasts are doing this this production was the gymnasts are doing something for the music and it kind of touches on how we were talking about it earlier how the um how you can kind of make music for something or how you can pick music for something or how you can i don't know if we even touched on that if if you if you make something for the music like if you hear music and you think oh i need to paint a picture or i need to dance to it right yeah no totally i've never actually seen the circus i've never i've never been to that sort of that like the circus Soleil. i mean i don't know if you have more points there but i've got i have seen a movie that came out recently uh with hugh jackman it's called the Mm -hmm. great showman and it is a musical. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. It's so good, dude. I never thought I'd be into musicals, but damn. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good movie, man. Uh, and it sort of, it exposes you to the sort of the early 20s form of the circus. But it's 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 great. And I would recommend seeing it. But anyway, um, but like you were saying, where they took music that already existed and created art to pair with it. Another movie that did that, or another film or whatever you want to call it, uh, entertainment media that did that was the movie Across the Universe. came out in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it was 34 Beatles songs that was, they were strung together to make a movie and tell a story. Hmm. Yeah. Like they had a, they had a, they had the characters were named Jude and Lucy and... Uh, Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Prudence. Um, Sadie, but yeah, and, and they sang all of these songs and tied them all together. No. You ever heard of this one? No, you got oh, you got me. Okay, well, it, <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a romance flick, and 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 it wasn't super duper well received, but I mean it was it's still pretty good. It's a good call. It's yeah. a good classic. Um, and, and it's a good experiment in that sort of endeavor, right? Because with the Beatles is so ubiquitous and so everywhere and everyone knows the Beatles. I mean, the Beatles in a lot of ways there's certain there's certain things that are recognizable all over the world no matter where you are or who you are and like even more so than like the Christian cross. Like for example, the Batman symbol or the Superman symbol or the Beatles or Elton John or, you know, Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. The, these the, these kind of things and people they just resonate with people because of what they are and what they represent and how well they are in tune with society in terms of people, what people can listen to. Well, and it's can't. just kind of like, um, it's a testament to something about human nature when you've got a, a kind of music that's just universal throughout, like everybody can listen to that and say like, yeah, that's okay. I don't mind that. It, it speaks to some kind of state of, of people that just everybody has because I was thinking about it. And I, what I thought was really interesting about music is um, not, not so much when people really like a certain kind of music because people like music for all sorts of different reasons. I think it's almost more interesting when people don't like certain kinds of music. 
like if I meet someone who says they like country and absolutely nothing else. So like why? <laughs> so you you just don't like feeling like rock music makes you feel like rap music makes you feel like pop music makes you feel like electric music makes you feel you just don't like feeling any of those ways. Why well, and and what I what I feel about the about that is that it's probably less about what the, that music makes them feel and it's more about what is tied to country music whereas there's an uncertainty involved with other forms of, of music so like as an example like if you get someone who's 70 years old grew up in the bayou in mississippi only only ever had banjo music this is this is an extreme example but like that's what's familiar to them and people don't really like change in that way and experimentation and you'll find that with the older generations more so than the younger generations. I, th- I find t- I think today I think younger people are more broad in their musical taste and desire, whereas older generations are sort of you get set in your ways. You know what I mean? Well, there are people these days who only listen to pop music and stuff. And I'm not trying to generalize. I I used country music as an example because like that's probably the one that I can think of that people these days are are still clinging to a, and a majority and i'm not to not to say anything bad about country music that's just the first example that came to my head uh, but the thing about um like and you mentioned how it's kind of like what's familiar to them and they and that's kind of a, a human thing is like we don't want to talk about things that aren't familiar to us we don't want to go places that aren't familiar to us we're we're creatures of habit when we're pretty happy but the thing that I attach to music is the the fact that it's not just uh, like I I attach emotion to music, right? So so when you're really that that's my kind of that's why I wonder about when people don't really like music very much. Like um, I I found out uh, my buddy and I were just shooting the breeze, listening to music back and forth, um, all sorts of different kinds of music. Like we played. We play country, blues, rock, goth metal, Viking metal, classical, like really just everything until we found something that it was like, okay, that's enough. And uh, I found out that he didn't like jazz to the point where he didn't want to listen to it. And, and that was kind of interesting to me because, um, like it's not like one of those things where like people don't really not a lot of people like listening and sitting and listening to classical music and you kind of you're like okay that's kind of a constant I've, I've never met anybody who just doesn't like can't stomach jazz music and i i'm really tripping over trying to figure out like what that could say about someone i don't know i'm, I'm probably digging into it a little bit too much but i think it's really interesting because um if because what I attach to that is that um, they don't like feeling the way that that music makes them feel. Which is possible, but it's also possible, like, those particular combinations of tones, they're just not used to, and they just don't understand it, right? Like, I think all music has the capacity to be good and to be consumed, but it's it might just be, they might literally just not like it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of music that I don't like. Like, I'm not, I, I, I like to, I, when I think of myself with food, I eat almost mm-hmm. any kind of food. 
because that's just what I do. But it's not the same with music. I don't have that. I, and people who say they listen to everything mm-hmm. are liars. Not nobody listens to everything. Not because not only is that not possible, but it's also wrong. I can find music yeah. that you don't like. <laughs> I, I and it, it's probably music that I don't like, right? And that's how I sort of can relate it. But like, with respect to people who who like to have these concrete opinions on on music, I mean, we were talking about country music, and what's interesting is that form of media has changed a yeah. lot over the, over the course of the last few years. So like, modern country music is trying to bend it towards more, you know clubs and and sort of the poppier sort of thing and and there's even some there's beats and stuff in country music like country music is not at mm-hmm. all what it used to be not even close so people who say they, they only like country are really saying they only like pop unless you're talking about classic country so it's it's sort of it's it's evolved in and of itself um and a lot of the modern day country artists are trying to transform country music into something else so that form of country music the one that we're referring to when we're speaking of the older generation doesn't really exist Mm -hmm. anymore in terms of being produced so those people who listen to that i mean i I don't blame them for not for for not wanting to change right um it's what they're used to um that having been said the the feeling you get when you listen to new music or um music that's unfamiliar to you i mean it could go any which way because it also it all depends on your current emotional stimulus in the moment too right like what's happening when you're listening to it is it someone that you don't like showing you the music or is it someone who won't shut up about the music showing you the music or like what is the experience because i find that music that i find myself on youtube i like more than music that other people show me even though it could be virtually identical Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean because there's like a sense of pride in discovering it so I, I don't know. I don't have, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. Other than that. Like I know that people who show me music, I tend to enjoy that music less than music that I find hmm. myself. That's something I that know. That sounds sure. like something that uh, just happens to people in general. They don't like being told the, one way, but they like, but they'd be fine figuring it out on their own. Well, exactly. That's, that's the point. So, I don't know. It's just it's just really interesting. Hmm, that's something to think about, eh? Uh, the yeah. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention was was because of pop music and and the reason it's called pop music. And people say it's all oh, it's so bad it's all the same. But like yeah, something you got to understand about pop music is it's called popular music. So it doesn't actually fit mm. a genre. It's just whatever happens to be popular, right? Like if you want to think about it in that way. Um, System of Down's last two albums, Mesmerize and Hypnotize, were pop albums because they both went platinum yeah. in the same year. So, and and they were very popular. And the way they were written was more catered towards a populist opinion as opposed to their uh, diehard fans. If you've talked to any diehard System of a Down fans, they'll be like, those were the two sort of the weaker their albums because the earlier albums were much better. But if you talk to the general people and say, name a System of a Down song, they're going to name mm-hmm. one off of those two albums. So, like, it all depends on what the artist is catering to. And the other thing I wanted to mention about popular music is that there's a certain very narrow uh, space that pop, pop music can inhabit. Because it's where there's a lot of crossover between what people generally like. And there's only a, there's a finite amount of ways to do pop music. You, you, like, and, and eventually... 
everything's going to sound just like the previous generation because we're constantly narrowing in on that perfect point where it sort of encompasses as many things as like it uses very simple chord structure lyric structure is very simple and it's soft um usually talking about some form of uh, of human interaction uh, i mean i don't i don't know the lyrics as well as as i say but i mean oftentimes there's about either it's a love song or it's a song about sex or it's a song about drinking or something people everyone or if you're in the 80s to, it would have been about dancing or oh. acid <laughs> loosely <laughs> but at any yeah, but but at any rate, um, so pop music, like I, I don't fault it like I used to. I used to think it was bad, but it's it's actually just getting better at doing what it was designed it's more to of do. A, and the people who create pop music, they're making it for a purpose, and it's serving yeah. that purpose. So how can you fault? It them seems for like that? it's kind of a zeitgeist because um, it, it, it's indicative of what everybody or, or the mass, uh, like the general amount of people want to listen to and the kind of way that they're feeling right and it says a lot about the way that people were feeling in like when you say that system of a down the two albums went platinum in the same year what was that like early 2000s i I don't i'd assume early 2000s i could be completely wrong but that that seems to me like a sign of the way that people are thinking especially when you you know what kind of music that they were putting out right like it, if you compare that to the to music being like popular right now, it was it was like pretty deep and pretty dark. Even when you're like, especially when you're comparing among that, but and it, but it was even but it was kind of lighter than other systems song like albums definitely. But you kind of get what I'm saying, right? Like for in order for it to be popular, it's it's got to kind of click with the uh, the most amount of people. Right. Well, I mean, and, and that's the thing is like something you'll notice about pop artists too is that they there's a high turnover rate. We'll call it uh, someone who's popular five years ago, no one ever even hears from now, because one of two things happens: either they keep on doing the same thing and people get bored because the artist defines sort of the minute nuances mm-hmm. of the sound and they'll just reject them and move to the next, the next popular thing. Right. And it just goes on and on and on. Or the artist decides to develop themselves and switches and does something sort of more their own want as opposed to their producers want, which is by definition, no, no longer pop music. So it's going to have less popularity and you're, it's going to fall yeah. off the radar. Right. So, I mean, it's just it's just interesting because you can't really change what pop music is by definition because it fits in this narrow in this narrow band of what is considered pop music and why it's pop music. Um, but you can sort of you can change the artist out, so you can't change the sound. Unless, so it depends on if you're into the music for the artist or for the music, which is two two different things when you're talking about pop music. And I don't know, it's just it's just. Uh, it makes you feel like a little bit sad because oh when you're seeing all these artists sort of, coming up having one song that goes on the radio every 5 minutes for a couple months and then you never hear of them again right and then they vanish right like there's some there's some musicians out there that have songs that have a billion views on YouTube and then everything else is like yeah. under a million um but i mean to be honest with you like there's only a, f- a few people who've been able to sort of cater to that market while still expressing themselves. I mean, 
Obviously, Michael Jackson was huge yep. into that. Um, he, he The king of pop, they call him that for a reason. Because he um, just knew what people wanted to hear, really. I know Justin Bieber's huge, but I don't know if he is as huge as he used to be. I know I don't hear about him as, as often. And then you get people like Beyonce and, and like, you know, there's, there's other, there's other, there's different culture, obviously, that, that's involved in, in that kind of music. And I, I'm not an authority on it, but yeah, it's interesting. And I think, I think people give pop music sort of a bad rap and it's not really the musician's fault because again, like I said, they either, if they change anything about their music, then they're no longer pop Mm -hmm. music. So that's all there is to it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's kind of like it's kind of interesting, especially when you're looking at that kind of look for things that people feel, because I think that's kind of given rise to this um, kind of indie folk scene where they're almost trying to predict the way that people are going to feel. And the way that people like the kind of music that people want to hear, it's not just, uh, it's a strange kind of genre. If you, if you've listened to a good deal of it, it's, um, it's very avant-garde in in the in art terms, right? Oh yeah. And it's it's kind of interesting because you, you, like, I don't I can't think of another time where uh, music has had that kind of predictive kind of quality where it's tried to step ahead of where we are right now. Well, I mean, there hasn't been enough metadata, and like you said earlier, we alluded to earlier, is that the exposure to music and the amount of possible music, it's just, there's so much of it that it doesn't even, like, you can you can just sort of extrapolate what's going to be popular tomorrow. I'm fairly certain that that's something yeah. that they can do. Um, and I'm sure it's something that they do do. There's people, like, producers, like, for them, it's not about art. It's about business. That's what we talked about this with Davis. It's about the money and the business associated with it. And I don't know. I think it's just uh, it's an interesting sort of realm of existence we're mm-hmm. in right now. And, and music's like a, it's kind of a universal thing. So it's interesting to see what we what we do with it in different spheres, right? Like if you're talking about economics or if you're talking about like local music or live music, it's it's very interesting to see how we how we take it because I don't think like we're not going to stop listening to music, right? No, of course not. No, of course not. It's something I really like to talk about. Music's a a big part of my life and I like to think about how it affects people and gets people going, brings people down, gets shuffled around. Well, yeah. I think I think music, uh, in a, in some way, is the lifeblood of society. I mean, you, you find that everywhere. I mean, if you ever, I've, like, I've traveled all over the place. This will be like the last point because we're coming up on an hour now. But like, I've traveled all over the mm-hmm. world, and the thing that sets the tone for the experience you have whilst being out in the culture and in the public is the music that's playing. Like, you know, when you're in Thailand, you know, when you're in, in, Nicaragua, you know, when you're in Cuba, simply yeah. by listening. And you can hear the music that's being played in the streets and the music that's sort of just playing played on people's vehicles. And, and it, it, like I said earlier, it emotionally primes you for the experience you're about to have or that mm-hmm. you're currently having. So that's all I got to say about that. Well, I think that's been a flim flam. I don't, I don't know if I have much more to add to that. No, definitely not. It's about an hour. We keep doing this.
I, I think we're just uh, geared to do it now. We, we've trained yeah. ourselves. Uh. Hour long, and then we peter out. Yep. Yep. Anyway, uh, this has been the Weekly Flim Flam. I've been Kalen. I've been Fox. And uh, we'll see you everyone next week. Hope you have a good week. You guys have a great week. Ciao.